Hey guys, Dr. Childs here. Today we're gonna to be talking about more hair loss therapies that you can use if you are suffering from thyroid hair loss. Now I've talked about this topic in the past considerably and that's for good reason. I have a lot of people every single day who reach out to me and one of their main concerns, their main symptom that they want to have addressed is hair loss. Now I've done a lot of videos about this topic in the past and so what I wanna do is expand on additional therapies and additional treatments that you can use if you are a thyroid patient having hair loss, if you're a Hashimoto's patient having hair loss, regardless of whatever your thyroid status is, if you're having hair loss, these therapies may be effective. Now, as a quick recap, if you don't already know, let me just introduce you to a couple topics, then we'll dive into these, these therapies. So first of all, you have to know that there are three main things that you should do just at a basic level if you wanna treat thyroid hair loss. Those include checking your iron level. You must ensure that your iron level is optimized if you want to have hair growth. We're not gonna be talking about this today. These are more advanced treatments. Number two, you must optimize your thyroid lab test or your thyroid function in order to ensure that you have enough thyroid hormone in your body. If you do not have enough thyroid hormone uh, in your body, then your hair is not going to grow, period, end of story, regardless of what other therapies that you do. So these are treating your hair loss at a base level. That was number two. Number three, you also want to at least consider taking thyroid hair regrowth supplements, including things like zinc and selenium, ensuring that your iodine is optimized. You can use things like choline and silica, etc. So make sure that you've done those sort of basic things first, and these things are then added on top of, I should do this, they're added on top of these base level therapies. Okay, so that's just a quick re recap. I have tons of videos that explain how to do that in more detail. And as we jump into these therapies, I wanna just, again, recap a little bit about the basic types of hair loss that thyroid patients can experience. And those include diffuse, which means just hair loss over the entire head. We have androgenetic alopecia, which is more of a hormonal related hair loss. And then we have autoimmune related alopecia, which is usually alopecia areata, and that's from your immune system. So these different types of hair loss matter because each of these therapies kind of target different areas. So it is the case that a lot of these therapies will cover multiple types of alopecia, but it isn't universally true. So if you're not experiencing benefit from one of these therapies that we're about to talk about, don't be afraid to switch to the other ones or add them on top of each other um, just to figure out what your body responds to the best. Okay, with that in mind, we have seven different therapies that you can use if you have thyroid hair loss on top of the therapies I already mentioned before, okay? Now, number one is microneedling. And by the way, before I jump into these, let me just say that some of these things are FDA approved, others are used off-label, but I can say uh, with a high degree of certainty that these, these uh, um, therapies do indeed work. They just don't, won't, probably won't work for every single person. So what I mean by that is you're gonna have to play around with it. You're gonna have to figure out what works best for you and what work, works best for your body. So back to number one. Number one is microneedling. If you have never heard about this, it's actually a really interesting therapy. It's um, frequently used by cosmetic dermatology offices and it's used to treat uh, basically skin-related problems. So it's, it's, more about, it's more of an anti-aging therapy, if anything. And really what this therapy is, is you take a sort of long device and it, it kind of looks like a pen, it's called a microneedling pen, and you attach a set of needles to the end of it and it just vibrates. And it vibrates very rapidly with all these needles and just kind of like that. And all it's doing is poking little tiny holes in the surface of your skin, wherever you put this thing. So frequently that's used on the cheeks, it's used on the forehead, right? It's used in the area of your, the face to promote anti-aging effects. Now, it works, and I'll, you'll understand why I'm explaining why it works as we talk about how it impacts hair loss, but essentially it works by damaging the skin at a very superficial level, damp causing a lot of minor damage, so you're not actually bleeding or anything, you're not seeing these holes, they're all at the microscopic level, but what happens is, as your body is healing, it is recruiting healing cells and growth factors, which then cause the repair of the skin, okay? And that causes the skin, when it gets repaired, to be repaired tighter and more firm, and it causes those anti-aging effects that you want. 
Now, what we can do is we can take advantage of this benefit by applying the microneedling therapy itself to the area that you have hair loss. So it doesn't matter where your hair loss is. In fact, I've seen people use this on various places of their body, by the way. But if we're talking about hair loss on the head, imagine you have a receding hairline, you can use it there. If you have um, issues with uh, hair loss on the crown of your head, you can use the microneedling there. So what you would be doing is instead of doing it on your cheeks, you'd just be doing wherever your hair is not growing. And by doing this, you're causing a little bit of superficial damage, which is recruiting those healing cells, as I mentioned before, as your body heals, which is then stimulating the hair follicles and providing the nutrients that they need and the blood flow that it needs to then get the nutrients so that it can grow. So that's how microneedling is working. Microneedling is a pretty actually inexpensive therapy. Um, you, can, you can buy the pen online on Amazon if you'd like, or you can go to a cosmetic dermatology office or anyone else who does it if you want to go see a professional. Um, I do it to myself. My wife and I do it to each other. Not for hair loss, but we do it for other purposes. Um, but you can do it to yourself if, if you feel comfortable doing that. If not, like I said, you can go to somewhere else. Uh, just make sure that you're getting a good quality pen and one that is not going to go too deep to cause any permanent damage or anything like that. So that was number one. Number two kind of piggybacks off of number one, and that is called PRP, which stands for platelet-rich plasma. Again, this is another type of therapy that's frequently used in cosmetic dermatology offices because it kind of has another similar impact as, as microneedling does on the skin. This therapy is sometimes referred to as the vampire therapy or vampire treatment because what you're doing is you're extracting your own blood, you're spinning it down, you're changing it, you're extracting just a portion of that whole blood that you take, and then you're re-injecting re that or replacing it back on certain areas of your body in order to get the enhanced benefit that it can provide. So what it looks like is this. You will go into the doctor's office, they will draw your blood out, they will take the whole blood and they'll spin it in a centrifuge, okay? And as they spin it, it separates the blood based off of density. And so what is happening is it's separating off of the density, you can then extract out just the platelets. And in this case, we're really interested in just the platelets because they are the things that contain the growth factors and they contain a bunch of other cells which are stimulatory and have certain healing properties. So we're taking those out of your blood, we're condensing them, we're you know, super saturating them into a certain layer, extracting that layer, then putting it back on an area of the body that we want to promote healing to. So in, in the case of, let's say, microneedling on the face, you can do the microneedling, then you can put the PRP on top of that, and then those will seep in through the holes that you're putting through the microneedling and promote healing effects. The same thing can be done, though, on the areas that you're having hair loss. So again, if that's the hairline, if that's the crown, you just do the microneedling there, and then you put the PRP on top of it, or you can just take the PRP, you can skip the microneedling, and just inject it into these areas. And by doing so, you are putting in those growth factors, you're putting in those platelets and all the other beneficial uh, compounds that they contain to promote the uh, metabolism and the growth of hair follicles. That was number two. Number three, we have low level light therapy or red laser therapy or LED therapy. Now I've talked a lot about this uh, in the setting of treating Hashimoto's thyroiditis. In fact, I have a whole video uh, series on that, which you can check out. Um, I talk about the healing properties of certain wavelengths of, of, of light. And in this case, we're looking at a wavelength of about 600 or so nanometers. Um, the, the higher you get toward the 800 nanometer wavelength, you get a little better penetration, but at the 600 nanometer uh, wavelength, you get sufficient penetra penetration to get to the hair follicles. And so this is actually a pretty popular treatment nowadays. Um, in fact, I do believe there are some FDA approved devices that are out there. Uh, I see a lot of these things on sale at Costco. So you can pick them up at a, a number of places, by the way. So then what, usually what they do is they either come as like a gun that you can put, um, uh, that, that shoots out the laser, right? Because it's, it's a harmless laser. Uh, or it comes as a cap that you literally stick on your entire head and then it's, it's, it's shooting down those uh, red lasers onto your scalp essentially. So that's what's happening. Now these things, um, the red laser therapy works by 
stimulating blood flow and encouraging uh, more blood flow to the area, which then stimulates the hair follicle itself to grow. So that's really how it's working. It's also causing some reduction in inflammation, which is occurring at the thyroid gland. And if you are going to get one of these devices, then, and it is in the 800 nanometer wavelength, then you might also find benefit in using it on your thyroid gland, especially if you have thyroid hormones. So what I'm saying here is you can get kind of a two for one deal. You can use the low level laser therapy on the thyroid gland itself. Well, at least the skin over the thyroid gland, as well as the top of your head. So you can promote hair growth and thyroid gland, reduce thyroid gland inflammation and promote thyroid gland health that way as well. So you can kind of get a twofer by using this sort of therapy. Number four, we have spironolactone. Spironolactone, sometimes referred to as Spiro, is an oral medication. It's actually used to treat high blood pressure, uh, believe it or not. So it is not FDA approved for the treatment of hair loss. However, it is frequently used by cosmetic dermatology offices to treat hair loss as well as hormone-related acne. And the reason that it works is because it is an aldosterone receptor antagonist. That is the class or the mechanism of action by which it is working. But what the net effect of that, uh, that impact is that it has an anti-androgenic effect. And what that means is it is counteracting the effect of testosterone and other androgens on your hair cells. So there's one, the most common type of hair loss is called androgenetic alopecia. And that occurs because there is too much conversion of a certain type of testosterone to another more powerful type of testosterone uh, called DHT. And DHT has a negative impact on hair follicles itself. So testosterone is very good. DHT is actually pretty good too. But in, if you don't have the right amount, if your metabolism is messed up um, and you're converting too much of this DHT, then you can experience that type of hair loss. So what spironolactone is doing is, is providing, basically it's saying, even if that DHT is there, even if that testosterone is floating around in your body, we're going to block its effect on the, on the hair. That's essentially what is happening. And so this is very effective for the treatment of hormonal acne, especially related to high testosterone or PCOS. And it's good for uh, women who are experiencing hair loss related to high androgen levels, otherwise known as androgenetic alopecia. Spironolactone, not my favorite medication, but it can work. So if you're somebody who is really looking for some benefit rather quickly, or you, or you know that, for instance, you have high testosterone levels or high DHEA levels, and you are believing that your hair loss is primarily related to that, well then spironolactone might be something that you wanna consider. There are some things that you have to know about though if you are using this, such as you have to keep an eye on your potassium levels um, and it might impact your blood pressure because it is a medication and it was primarily designed for blood pressure. Uh, but for the, most, for the most part, I would say it's actually a pretty safe therapy. Number five, we have minoxidil, which is also known as Rogaine. Now, Rogaine is FDA approved for the treatment of hair loss in women as well as men. Um, it's not my favorite treatment compared to the ones that we've talked about thus far, and I'm, I'll be open about that. Uh, the problem with minoxidil is that, well, number one, we don't really know how it works, even though it does work. It, like I said, it is FDA approved for hair loss in, in women. Uh, but the other issue is that it only works while you're using it. So it's not really treating any of the underlying problems. So if we go back to the beginning when I was first mentioning the treatments for um, thyroid hair loss, I talked about optimizing your iron, I talked about optimizing your thyroid, and I, talk, I talked about replacing nutrient deficiencies. If you do those things, you're treating the root cause of your hair loss, okay? That's a different way that, of approach than what minoxidil is doing. Minoxidil is just sort of max, masking that hair loss. It's helping the hair to grow, right? It is, it does work for, mo for many people. Um, however, once you stop using it, it doesn't go away. But on the flip side, if you were to fix your thyroid, well, then that's going to fix your hair loss at the, at the root cause level, which means the problem is now solved, if that is the problem in your case, right? There could be other problems. So minoxidil does have a place though in the treatment of hair loss, especially for women. So I would recommend if you are somebody who is really distressed or distraught about the status of your hair, if that causes a big psychological impact on you to have that hair loss, which it does, and I respect that, and if that's the case, then maybe using minoxidil is a good idea for you just to temporarily improve your hair status or improve the hair growth that you're experiencing so that you can treat that underlying cause. But don't just use minoxidil and cover it up 
because you'll have to use it essentially forever. So the good, the best way to do it is to use it so that you can get some benefit, so that you can, you know, relieve some of that stress that you're experiencing related to your hair loss, while simultaneously searching for that underlying cause. Use some of the other therapies we talked about, reduce inflammation, take optimize your thyroid, fix nutrient deficiencies that you might have, and so on. So I think that's the best way to use minoxidil. I'm not against it, um, but you just have to keep in mind that once you stop taking it, whatever, wherever you were started previously is going to come right back. That, okay, so that's number five. On to number six, we have caffeinated shampoo. Now, this is something that I would recommend that if you're having hair loss and you don't know the cause, it's probably just a good thing to do. Caffeinated shampoo is not very expensive. You, you can get it from uh, a variety of places. And really all it is, is you're taking some of that, you're taking shampoo, you're putting some caffeine in it, and then you're putting that on top of your head. Now, caffeine diffuses across the skin pretty easily actually. So it can get absorbed into the body or at least into the superficial layers of the hair uh, where the hair follicle is and it can recruit more blood flow. It has a sort of vasodilatory uh, effect on the skin. So that means it's in drawing in more blood flow to the area. And as you draw more blood flow, you're bringing in nutrients with that. You're bringing in the things that your hair follicles need and it does actually um, support hair growth in that way. In fact, I looked at a couple studies um, uh, a little bit recently here, and it does show to be about the same in terms of its effectiveness in some studies as minoxidil. So it's considered to be non-inferior to minoxidil, which is to say, if you're going to use minoxidil, why wouldn't you also at least consider using caffeinated shampoo? So there are other topical things that you can use as well, including zinc and so on. Um, I won't get into those in great detail because those kind of go along with the other therapies I talked about previously, but you can use topic, topical caffeinated shampoo, and it's probably something that I would um, consider uh, looking into if you're experiencing hair loss. Lastly, I'm including this here for complete list, although uh, completeness sake, although I do not recommend it, especially for women, and that is oral finasteride, which is another type of medication. Uh, this one is a 5-alpha reductase inhibitor, so it prevents the conversion of t testosterone to DHT, but it does it a little more aggressively. Well, it's actually working via a different mechanism than spironolactone, because remember, spironolactone is blocking the receptors from actually binding. This one is blocking the actual conversion of testosterone to DHT. Um, and it has, comes with a, even though it can work, don't get me wrong, it can work, there are a significant amount of side effects associated with it. It cannot be used during pregnancy because it can cause birth defects. And there are some, let's say, semi-permanent conditions that can occur if you've taken it for a long period of time. And it does occur in men. I've seen the effects in men. I'm not so sure about women. I don't know if they get the same sort of side effects as, as women, but I've seen those side effects in men and I would not recommend it it, unless it's your last resort, and again, it's causing significant distress, you've tried everything else, and you just can't get anything to work, well, then maybe that's something you want to try. Uh, before you try the oral version, which is the capsule or the medication, I recommend trying the topical version. They're coming out with newer topical versions, which don't get absorbed into the entire body compared to actually taking it by mouth, right? If you take a pill by mouth, it's in your body, right? But if you put something on the top of your head, only a small portion of whatever you put on there is actually going to make it through the skin all the way into your blood and then into your system. So if you're going to use it, try to use the topical versions instead of the oral medication or the pill and do your best to try all of the other therapies I've mentioned here before. Now, it's been my experience that when you combine these therapies together, when you take this approach to hair loss, you should see significant improvement in about 98 to 99% of you listening to this. So um, there are very few things, very few causes of hair loss that, that don't respond to the variety of the treatments that I mentioned before, starting from iron studies to optimizing thyroid to all of the advanced therapies that I just mentioned previously. So if you have tried all these things and you're not seeing any significant improvement, then you might have a very rare genetic type of, of uh, hair loss. But if you are using all these therapies, there's a very good chance that you will see at least significant hair growth um, um, as you do them. So again, you're probably gonna have to play around with which ones work best for your body. Uh, it's gonna be very difficult to determine which one you need to start with. But as you use all these, you should see significant improvement. 
that's all I have for you guys today. If you have any other questions regarding these hair loss therapies um, about them, leave, leave comments below and uh, I'll try to do, I'll do my best to get to those. If you haven't already, make sure that you download my free thyroid PDF resources. I have tons of information all designed to help thyroid patients like you feel better and address the needs and the symptoms that you are suffering with. So that's all I have for you guys today and otherwise I will see you in the next one.